On first down, the handoff to Marlon Mack. Huge hole, 50-yard line. He's at the 40, still going near sideline. He's at the 10. He's at the 5, and he will score. Touchdown, Marlon Mack. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. And again, it's picked off. It's Darius Leonard. Leonard with a second INT, and he's streaking down the near sideline. He's at the 40. He's at the 30. He's at the 20. He's going to go. A pick six for the Maniac. Kenny Moore gets to Deshaun Watson. That's a sack for Kenny Moore. Kenny has a pick and now a sack in the game. Horseshoe is back, baby. The horseshoe is back. Welcome back to another edition of the Bring the Juice podcast. I'm your host, as always, Cody Foger. Joining me, Derek Larger. We got a special guest here on the Bring the Juice podcast. Our friend Dalton over there at uh, UCF Jaguar on YouTube. Definitely check him out. One of the bigger, if not the biggest, Jacksonville Jaguars YouTube channel out there. Dalton, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. Just uh, enjoying a little bit of quarantine time. Staying indoors a lot, not going out much. So it's a really good time to be making these videos and collaborating and whatnot. Yep. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Well, first off, for some of our listeners, uh, I'm curious, man, how did you get into this whole YouTube world? How did you kind of discover, hey, you know, I love the Jaguars. I want to get my content out there there to people. And and how did people find you, man? Take me through that whole process. Well, I mean, I always been a big YouTube person just because, you know, I started college in 2012 and I didn't really have a TV or any cable. So I just kind of relied on YouTube for my entertainment. And uh, I mean, just from my freshman year on, I just liked it a lot. And I was always making I was always watching YouTube videos. And um, one passion I really had was this football around the Jaguars and all that. And Mm -hmm. I had seen some other people kind of making football videos and I always thought it'd be kind of cool to make a channel about the Jaguars just since I felt like I had such a wealth of knowledge and, you know, I felt like I was pretty informed on the topic. So um, I graduated college in December 2016 and then I was bored one day, had a lot of time and said, hey, why don't I just do a YouTube, make a YouTube video about the Jags. And I kind of, my first ever video was actually on the hiring of Doug Marone. Mm -hmm. And just since then it's blown up and I just kept on doing it and, it's definitely a uh, the fun hobby of mine. Absolutely, man, and and it, you've been doing it for longer than we have, obviously. But yeah, it, it's a lot of fun, man. It's a lot of fun to do outside of what you know what we do. You know, Derek and I both work jobs full time, and uh, it's just a fun way to kind of escape and kind of have a hobby. And you know, when people ask you, "Hey, what's something interesting about you?" you can always point them and say, "Hey, I run a YouTube channel um, about my favorite team." So. Um, love that man love that well we wanted to jump into the questions here we have some questions for you about the Jaguars because obviously same division it impacts the Colts kind of get your thoughts on some of the moves the Jaguars have made this offseason and I'll start with the first one here Um, so what are your thoughts here Dalton it kind of seems like the Jaguars are are entering a rebuild mode right now obviously a couple years ago they were you know almost a Super Bowl team like they, they came very close to reaching the Super Bowl. And then a few years later now, it seems like they're going back into rebuild mode. What are kind of your thoughts on the Jaguars kind of plan this offseason to kind of rebuild? Well, it was pretty confusing because I remember toward the end of last season, 
I was wanting, I was just cheering for the Jaguars to lose just because I wanted to clean house. I wanted Dave Caldwell, our GM, out. I wanted Doug Marone, our head coach, out. And even the Week 17 game where we kind of whooped up on the Colts, I was rooting for the Colts that game just because I didn't, you know, our owner doesn't seem like he knows what he's doing and he has a lot of recency bias. And, you know, that game, they were all feeling good. And the next less than a week later, it's announced that everybody's staying. So I was like, okay, whatever. Like, I don't think our roster is very good, but we're clearly trying to win now. And I was just going with that. And I was like, okay, I guess maybe we might be competitive in 2020. And then we start going and trading guys away from AJ Boye to Calais Campbell to Nick Foles. And I sit here and I'm like, well, it looks like they are committed to a rebuild. And it's almost not even much as much of a rebuild as is a retool. Because I remember mm-hmm. in when Dave Caldwell first kind of took over in 2013, I mean, he stripped that roster to nothing to the point where we had really no talent. But the difference between that and now is that the Jaguars actually do have some guys right now. I mean, with Leonard Fournette, DJ Chark coming off a thousand yard season, they've got mm-hmm. Josh Allen over there at defensive end. I mean, they've got they've got some good pieces and they got a lot of draft capital. So, you know, we're in a situation where we have Gardner Minshew at quarterback. He's kind of in a he's kind of going to be given the reins this year. And you know, we have 12 draft picks. So, you know, we're in a situation where, you know, our roster may not be all that talented right now when it comes to like a Super Bowl contending roster. But we're going to be able to use a lot of draft capital and, you know, go through 2020, see where we're at. And then once 2021 comes, we're going to have a lot of a lot of answers as on a roster mostly. <laughs> Do we need to draft a quarterback? Like, can we ride forward with Gardner Minshew behind quarterback? Uh, what positions did we maybe not hit on in the 2020 draft that we need to either spend a lot of money on in free agency or try to go out and use one of our picks from the Rams in 2021 because we have two first-round draft picks in 2021 due to the Jalen Ramsey trade. And then really in 2021, uh, the team should be right back up and running as opposed to you know most teams that go through a rebuild where it's a two, three-year process. It looks like the Jaguars, it might be one down year. Then, um, you know, if they can hit on their draft picks well in 2020, uh, they should be able to really contend in 2021. All right. So, um, yeah, kind of building off of what you were talking about with the rebuild, I will give the Jacksonville Jaguars credit in one aspect that you guys have accumulated a lot of draft capital. Uh, that's obviously apparent. Uh, what is it? I don't even remember how many draft picks you guys have this year. I thought it was at least 10. Uh, yeah, they have 12. Yeah, 12. So, yeah. So you guys have a lot of draft capital this year, obviously, with two of them in the first round this year. Uh, talking, I'm going to talk about two guys that you traded away, uh, Jalen Ramsey and Calais Campbell. Um, obviously, from a Jalen Ramsey standpoint, uh, you can look back on that deal now and really, really appreciate the, what that Jacksonville made that because, you know, you got two first rounders out of the guy, one for 2020, one for 2021, and a fourth rounder. And we obviously have seen what Jalen Ramsey became when he went to L.A. was nothing compared to what he was in 2017. So, and, and let's be honest, Jalen Ramsey was more of a money guy. It appeared more and more as that way as he went along in his career. And obviously that trade's probably going to uh, turn out to be a good one for 
Jacksonville in the long run. Uh, the one that I just didn't quite understand was Calais Campbell for a fifth rounder. I mean, I think we can all sit here and say that Calais Campbell is one of the better run stopping defensive tackles in football. Uh, guy is talented. He's a, a man of the year. Just what was it last year? And I mean, he's a talented individual. It just seems odd that, you know, I know that Jacksonville's trying to get draft capital, but a fifth rounder to me just seems really, really uh, low, honestly, for a guy of his caliber. What did you make of Dalton? What did you make of these trades, both the Ramsey and the Calais Campbell moves? Yeah, I mean, when I, I mean, the Jalen Ramsey move, I thought the return they got was absolutely incredible. I mean, two first round picks for a cornerback. I mean, it's, I mean, the only thing I would really trade, and I'm a, I'm a big, I love draft picks. I'm never a guy that wants to trade draft picks for players. So just being able to receive those, that kind of draft compensation from the Rams. I mean, I was ecstatic, especially at the point where I was with Jalen Ramsey, where he was, he was faking a back injury, sitting out of practice, just, you know, he was kind of trolling the Jaguars by, uh, you know, the Jaguars would be playing somewhere. Then an hour later, he'd be posting a picture with Deshaun Watson out in Houston. And, you know, he just got to a point where he was a real cancer. And I think that's kind of coming out also mm-hmm. with him on the LA Rams that he's he I mean, he's a great talent. But, man, you got to And there was reports too coming outside of the locker room and outside the locker room that he really wasn't a great teammate. And it kind of showed. I mean, the guy's just. Uh, he, he's a guy that he does no wrong and it's he I did my job nobody else did their job type of thing as opposed to you know as opposed to kind of involving himself with the team as a team effort so at the end of the day man the guy I, I didn't it, it sucks losing a talent like that but at the same time we got incredible draft capital in return and who knows what that's going to turn into you know we'll be able to evaluate that in a few years and determine if that was the best move but you know at the end of the day with Jane the Ramsey we got like three Pro Bowls. We got three Pro Bowl seasons out of him, you know, and all, a couple All Pro seasons. And if you tell me that one of our draft picks this year, we'd be able to do the same with Jalen Ramsey, essentially, you know, get a few Pro Bowl years out of him, and we'd be able to flip him for two first round picks. I would take that all day. So um, Jalen Ramsey, he got out of here, and it's a good thing that he did. Um, so we'll see, and especially with the Rams, they're getting rid of everybody. I don't think they're going to be that good next year. I mean, Jags could have two f- top ten picks next year, but that's kind of what I got to say on Jalen Ramsey. And then, you know, as well as the Clayus Campbell thing. I mean, when you look at the three trades the Jaguars made this off season, you know, they traded AJ Boyd to Denver for a fourth round pick. I was just kind of whatever about that. I was ecstatic that we were able to get a fourth rounder for Foles just because I thought it was going to be a similar mm-hmm. situation as Brock Osweiler in 2017 where his contract was so bad that the Texans had to give the Browns a second-round pick with him in order for a team to take that contract. But I guess the difference between Brock Osweiler and Nick Foles is just the person that you're getting from them. So I was ecstatic about that. The Clay's Campbell and I was pretty mad. I mean, you can go to my YouTube channel for a raw reaction to that. I wasn't very happy about it especially especially you gave you, you gave him up for only a fifth round pick to a team that's in the AFC a team that we play next year and a team that uh if we probably going to be you know a competition against them in 2021 to kind of reach the Super Bowl so uh at the end of the day man we got a fifth round pick we were probably going to end up cutting him anyway and 
with Calais Campbell, I mean, he honestly deserves to be on a contender. He did everything he needed to do with the Jaguars. So, you know, I, I feel good for him to be on a contender, but you know, maybe we could have gotten more out of them, but if if we could have gotten more then we probably would have received more. So, you know, with that, you know, we got a fifth round pick. So, you know, it's whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of those, you know, you kind of mentioned some of those guys, AJ Boye, Boye, Jalen Ramsey, Calais Campbell, and potentially Yannick Ngakwe on his way out. You know, as Colts fans, we, we were able to see, uh, you know, a lot of our, you know, guys that we, we'd consider, you know, really good players, superstars kind of leaving the Colts all at once, you know, at, at the beginning of the, of the 2010s, um, when, you know, Peyton Manning got released Dallas Clark, all those guys, uh, what is it like for you as a fan to kind of see some of those guys, you know, guys that you were really at the top, right? You, you won the division, you, you know, they did all these great things. And a couple of years later, you're cutting ties with a lot of these guys, you know, what, what overall is kind of your thoughts and, and your you know, kind of emotions here um, with, with losing a ton of guys that, you know, were really key cogs to that, that uh, entire team a few years ago. I mean, it really sucks, and especially the way some of them leave because, you know, you come, you really get behind them, and, you know, as a fan, you really grow to really like these guys. And then, you know, there's guys like – there's guys that they not only leave, but they also throw dirt on our names. Like when Al Robinson mm-hmm. left in the 2018 free agency, I mean, he was just saying all these bad things about, you know, the quarterback and all these different things. And obviously, Jalen Ramsey is still talking. I mean, I saw him on Twitter yesterday talking mm-hmm. about – how bad the Jaguars media is and how, oh, I hope everybody leaves that team. So, I mean, he's still, I mean, he can't get this. It's like, it's like a guy that can't get over his ex-girlfriend with Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> and, and lately with Yannick Ngakwe, I mean, uh, he just, he, he, he's trolls a fan base and he makes these stupid posts. And he's at the point now where I don't like, I don't think because he's obviously on the trade block, but I think, you know, a part of the trade is going to be, you know, similar to way the way Frank Clark was traded last year. It's like they trade him and then there's an immediate release about a new contract. You know, I'm thinking that Yannick Ngakwe wants this huge contract and no teams want to pay it. So that's why he hasn't been traded because obviously mm-hmm. there'd be teams lining up to get a talent like him. Uh, but, you know, he's not the complete player. He's a good pass rusher, but he's a little bit undersized, so he's not able to stop the run as well. So right now, I mean, he's at the point where he's th- he's done so much trash talk where he'd look stupid to come back to the Jaguars, you know, just for pride reasons, the way he's talking about how, you know, he's not going to sign a long-term deal and that the Jaguars offered him a, a pathetic contract. But it's at the point where how pathetic is a contract if no teams want to trade for you you know, mm-hmm. based on your contract demand. So, I mean, it sucks seeing talent go, and especially, you know, because I have I have a unique Ngakwe jersey. I have a autograph Al Robinson jersey. I have a Jana Ramsey signed canvas. I really, I really, you know, can't stand to look at them anymore just because of the way they, they exit the Jags, you know? Yeah, and that is that is truly sad that, you know, I mean, for as much as, you know, Colts and Jags fans can go at each other on Twitter, I've seen a lot. And, you know, we're the, the, you guys aren't as bad as uh, Titans fans. Titans fans on Twitter are the absolute worst when it comes to their, their fame to try to get to success. But, uh, yeah, it, it does stink to see all these guys that, you know, were brought into Jacksonville and, 
knowing that, you know, you guys are very passionate fans and everything that you guys have been through over the last few years. And just to have so many of them just put dirt on the, on the Jacksonville Jaguars just makes you guys look bad, makes you feel bad. It's certainly not uh not a cool thing for them to do, but let's, let's switch into something more positive here. I think we can get some more positive vibes out of this one. So obviously the first day of legal tampering back on March 16th, uh, the biggest, probably the biggest, most surprised trade of the entire NFL free agency up to this point has happened. And that was DeAndre Hopkins leaving the AFC South to go to Arizona uh, with that <laughs> not so blockbuster trade by the uh, Texans. Um, what was what was your reaction when you saw that Hopkins was no longer in the AFC South? I mean, it was just completely laughable. I mean, Bill <laughs> O'Brien. I mean, he's a he's a great football mind, but it, you know, you get to a point where there are certain guys that should not have personnel control. I mean, he has you know the guy he can't get over the playoff hump and then all of a sudden they give this guy more responsibilities i mean the guy makes kind of panic trades you kind of saw last year with uh with the laramie tunsil trade you know he trade a couple first round picks away then he gets rid of Clowney. the guy just makes these huge brash roster moves and then you know you look at the deal that he got you know he, he trades deandre hopkins away for a washed up running back and a second round pick. And this is a guy that's only 27 years old. I mean, mm-hmm. he, this guy is in the, is in the, you know, prime of his career. He's the only consistency on that offense when it comes to a receiver game, because, you know, Will Fuller is always getting hurt. You never know what you're going to get out of Kenny Stills and Kiki, Kiki Kuti. You know, there's one thing that there's one constant about that offense. And that is that, DeAndre Hopkins will have over a thousand receiving yards and you get rid of that. And then all of a sudden the wide receiver twos don't play as well. It's just, I, I, I could not understand the trade. It's easily the worst trade I've ever seen in my life. You know, I'm 26 years old. So I heard some things about a Herschel Walker trade. I didn't live through that. So I can speak from personal, uh, you know, from a personal standpoint that I, 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 it's, it's, it's the most bizarre trade that I've ever seen. And I'm ecstatic for it. You know, it goes to the NFC West and, you know, the better the NFC West gets, the better for the Jags is because, you know, the Jags own the 2020 or 2021 Rams first round pick. So I'm all about beefing mm. up that conference. Yeah. And I mean, it's 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 awesome that DeAndre Hopkins is out. <laughs> and honestly, like when when you talk about like my favorite player in the AFC South outside of the Jaguars, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins, I love mm-hmm. the guy's game. You know, he's just yeah. he's not the most. He's not the most physically gifted, but just how how like physical he plays the game and how good his hands are and stuff like that. It's just he's he's really fun to watch. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. as a yeah as a Colts fan and uh, fellow Texans hater, I, I am a big fan of Bill O'Brien. He can keep making those <laughs> trades all day long. I will not complain. Um, but yeah, man, it, it's weird because it kind of gives me, and this is hard for me because obviously. Derek, you and I watched this happen with Andrew Luck. The guy was given no help at all. He was given no protection, no wide receivers, no supporting cast, really. And we saw what happened. It just is hard for me to watch a great quarterback like Deshaun Watson basically getting screwed over with this trade. Uh, it's just sad, man, for that. Um, but, you know, as a Colts fan, I, I'm 
I, I'm all for it. But um, moving on to kind of to now the Colts, your perspective of the Colts. Um, how, what is your kind of opinion and your take on the state of the Colts right now um, and how they're doing in free agency so far? Um, what is in your eyes, you know, what, what have you seen from the Colts? Have you liked their off season? Um, yeah. What's your take here on the Colts uh, 2020 off season? Well, I know one thing with the Colts is I, I, I really respected the way they kind of handled their 2019 free agency where instead of going out and making a bunch of like, you know, signing a bunch of crazy high price guys, they kind of waited for the tides to settle and they were to get able to get like a, um, you know, the Houston guy from, Kansas City, Lamar Houston, mm-hmm. and uh, just just the way they handled it, I thought they got some good impact players for not that expensive. And I mean, I respect, I definitely respect how they analyze a quarterback position. And said, hey, you know, we can maybe get uh, at least a little bit better at the quarterback position from Jacoby Brissett and move on to Philip Rivers because I know as a Jags fan, we hung on to Blake Bortles as long as we could, and you know that really bit us in the butt. You know, maybe it, it, it sucks if you look at it from Jacoby Brissett's standpoint just because yeah. he did everything. You know, he was doing great, and then he got hurt, and then he never really was able to come back from that injury, and you could still tell it was kind of lingering, and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. they bring in a guy like Philip Rivers just to replace him. You know, it really seems like he got a raw end of the deal. But at the end of the day, you know, they have two very capable quarterbacks, and uh, who knows, he with the way Philip Rivers – I wasn't very impressed at all with him in 2019. He, he he just didn't look the same self. Maybe he can kind of, you know, rejuvenate himself a little bit with the Colts. And, um, you know, hopefully I think the Colts, they need a little bit more help, especially at the receiver position to bring in, you know, some more guys because nowadays it's not good enough to have one wide receiver. You know, they need to solidify that other wide receiver spot outside of, outside of T.Y. Hilton, and they tried to do that last year with Funches, but he just didn't work out. You know, he's he's got a lot of sex appeal to him because he's, you know, this big old dude, but he just he can't seem to get it put together. So, um, you know, we'll see with this draft. I mean, there's going to be a lot of wide receivers that they can get. You know, obviously, I, like I told you guys earlier, I'm not a big fan of trading away draft picks because, you know, draft picks are how you really build a team. So I wasn't the biggest fan of trading away you know a number what was it number 12 overall pick it was for, 13 yep yeah the number yeah. number 13 overall pick for um the Forrest Buckner and you know just you have to pay him too so I, I'm always I always just like the cheap contracts that you get with the uh you know with these players but you know they got they got some more help on the d-line it'll be interesting to see because it's you know with the Colts it almost seems like you know they're a team that has a has a high ceiling, low floor. You know, it kind of reminds me of where the Jaguars were and, you know, in before the 2019 season where it's like, okay, they could be this, but they could be as bad as this. But with mm-hmm. the way the AFC South is shaping up, you know, I wasn't, I honestly wasn't very impressed with what any of the AFC South teams did in this off season. And honestly, uh, with the minimal moves that the Colts made, I mean, they probably got the, you know, got the best, uh, had the best offseason or best best free agency so far out of any AFC South team, just because I don't think really any of the teams got that much better. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly we've we've kind of mentioned it on our podcast too of how you know a lot of these other teams when you're just looking at the offseason so far, it's been the Colts up at the top, and then like everyone else has kind of taken a slight step back 
in a multiple different ways, but you mentioned quarterbacks with Jacoby Brissett and uh, Philip Rivers. Now I want to talk about your quarterback going forward, uh, Gardner Minshew. So you mentioned it, how, you know, Gardner and Nick Foles have been battling it out all season long. Uh, Nick Foles, obviously starter in week one, and then was playing really well. And then that collarbone issue. And then Gardner comes in and just has a great season is keeping the Jags in games all the time and not really uh, going any uh, in any weird directions. Uh, He certainly had the media attention with his uh, with his looks. Obviously, that mustache obviously is a icon of its own. Uh, What? Do you have confidence in Gardner Minshew going forward to help this team and leading it to success? Well, I'm at the point right now where I don't think we're going to be very good in 2020. So I am all for seeing what we have out of Gardner Minshew. Obviously, he showed a lot of really good signs in 2019. I mean, in in a year where we paid this quarterback all this money and he gets injured after like nine or ten plays, after a year where Jalen Ramsey completely turns his back on the Jaguars and we had to ship him off to a new team. And in a year where we had like the worst four or five game stretch, you know, dating back to like the late 1970s of any NFL team. I mean, Gardner Minshew was definitely a huge bright spot. And, you know, while there's obviously some physical limitations with him when it comes to his height and arm strength, you know, he showed a lot of good things. I mean, he's a very smart guy. I mean, he reads the field very, very well. He's not afraid to kind of sling the rock. And, his, you know, his interceptions were pretty low, even for being almost like almost like a gunslinger the way he was. And, I mean, I really – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look forward to him in 2020. I want to see what he has. And um, with the Jaguars in 2021, we have two first-round picks. We obviously have a lot of draft capital. So let's let – Gardner Minshew play it out in 2020 and if we if we we evaluate him at the end of the year and if he's not the guy I mean we have plenty of draft capital to you know invest in a quarterback and even move up in the first round if we really uh, want to get our guy but you know Gardner Minshew I'm not going to say if I believe in him or not um, but I do believe that he you know should be the day one starter next year given the kind of production he had in 2019. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah speaking of you know you mentioned the jaguars paid nick Foles a huge contract the last offseason 2019 offseason another quarterback in the afc south who really got paid was ryan Tannehill. i mean he signed a four-year deal huge huge contract there what's kind of your take on that deal and what's kind of your take on the tennessee titans because they didn't win the division but they're the afc south team that obviously advanced the most you know, they, they were in that – they almost went to the Super Bowl. Um, we're in the AFC Championship game. What's kind of your take there on, on the Titans and, and kind of their status um, now in, in 2020? Well, as a Jaguar fan, I love it. As a Titans fan, I would hate it. I mean, it just – it really reminds me of the Blake Bortles signing after the 2017 mm-hmm. season where it's a team that had a really good defense. It's a team that really relied heavily on the run game, and it's a team that – you know, when they needed to, the quarterback couldn't bail them out. And obviously they ran all over the, uh, you know, they ran all over the Patriots and then they ran all over the Ravens. But when Ryan Tannehill had to call the shots and, uh, you know, the AFC championship game, he couldn't really do it. And uh, it's just, 
I, I don't see, you know, if when it comes to the quarterback game, I mean, if you don't have an elite quarterback, then you need to keep trying to find a quarterback uh, just because you don't want to be stuck in like the Andy Dalton and like Joe Flacco range. And I mean, they gave him a heck of a lot of money. So, I mean, if, if it's a situation where, you know, their defense continue to be great and the run game is great, you know, maybe they can do some things, but you know, it's not going to, it's going to be a situation where the team could go south very, very quick if they don't keep a very good roster. Because, you know, the difference between, you know, because you look at the Seahawks, the Seahawks never really have a great roster, but they're always good because Russell Wilson can do really good things. But, you know, if you put Tannehill behind center for the Seahawks, you know, they wouldn't be getting these 11 to 5, 10 and 6 records every year. They'd be more of the 5 and 11, 6 and 10 range. So, uh, I mean, I don't, I, I, I don't believe in Tannehill, and I think that I think that it was a, a mistake on the on the Titans' end. Yeah, I, I think we all kind of agreed that that was a little bit too much for Ryan Tannehill. I think most people agreed that he should definitely stay because he added a new element to that offense, but it was just a little too much for most people. Now let's move to. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars draft for this year. So obviously with two first rounders, uh, it's going to be interesting to see who you guys have with that ninth pick. Uh, there's going to be a lot of great options there. And even at that 20th pick, still a lot of great options to add in my mock drafts that I've done so far. I think the majority of the time I had you guys taking Derek Brown with that ninth pick and then having I think I've switched it up with that 20th pick. I think my most recent one I did, uh, I believe it was Justin Jefferson, I believe, or Jalen Rager to uh, them at the 20th pick. Uh, who do you feel that the Jags are going to take and who you think they should take with that ninth and that 20th pick? Well, with the Jaguars, I mean, every year Dave Caldwell tries to set the team up where – they don't have the draft for need. And, you know, with the way they handled this offseason, I mean, they went and signed a couple of interior defensive linemen. Uh, they signed the middle linebacker to a pretty substantial amount of money uh, with Joe Schobert. And, uh, you know, they brought in a cornerback. So, I mean, they were, you know, they were just kind of filling some places with some guys that I guess they would feel comfortable playing in 2020. But at the same time, I look at the team and I don't feel comfortable comfortable about any position on the team. I mean, I think it might be Leonard Fournette's last year on the Jaguars, so they're not going to invest in a running back in the first round. But, you know, that's a position that we need to look for. We need a wide receiver outside of a chart because, you know, just having one receiver isn't enough. So maybe they go Jared Judy or, you know, C.D. Lamb. Uh, Obviously, you need to have strong trenches. As a Colts fan, you definitely know that. I mean, if you can just Mm -hmm. have an offensive line that can control the line of scrimmage, I mean, that just makes it so much easier for the rest of the offense to, you know, for the quarterback to sit back in the pocket and throw, and then for the running back to just run through wide lanes. So, you know, I wouldn't mind one of these, you know, top offensive tackles out there. Then obviously there's Derek Brown. Uh, There's some, you know, you know, Henderson. I I mean, there's, you know, Isaiah Simmons. We could, there's so many prospects i mean we can really go any direction i mean if Derek brown's there at nine i would think that they would probably pull the trigger there and if one of these you know these good cornerbacks is there at the number 20 spot they could go there but you know maybe they want to add some explosion in the offense and you know get like a jared judy 
over there to try to, you know, really bring some firepower to the offense. I mean, there's really no telling. Like, there's no – with the Jaguars, there's no position that's off the board for us. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I think, you know, there's going to be a guy that falls to number nine, similar to how Josh Allen just kind of fell there to number seven. So there's probably going to be a Derek Brown sitting there. There might be a – you never know if a Duke is going to fall to – or a Cuda going to fall to – Number nine. I mean, there, there's really no talent, but they're gonna they're gonna grab whoever falls to that spot. Mm-hmm. Um, final question here for you. So this is a big big term picture here. Looking at the AFC right now, who do you feel is kind of in charge of that AFC? Who do you think should be the early favorites? Because a lot has happened. A lot of dominoes have fallen, especially in the AFC. Um, who's kind of in charge and, and where, who do you feel, you know, where do you feel like the top teams currently stand? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think definitely the Ravens are probably in control of the AFC at this point. Uh, I mean, you just, I mean, obviously they had an MVP quarterback and, you know, obviously he has to kind of build seasons to really consider him a consistent guy, but you know, they've only gotten stronger this off season. So I'd probably say, they're in a driver's seat. It's going to be interesting in the AFC East with, you know, Tom Brady kind of going away from it. And it seems like the Bills are kind of an ascending team. So we'll see if a team can finally dethrone them. And I mean, really, other than that, I mean, there's also the Chiefs. Obviously, I forgot about the Chiefs. So I'd probably, I mean, honestly, I'd probably say the Chiefs are really in a driver's spot just because if you're, if you're, you know, with Patrick Mahomes back there and coming off of, you know, I would I would trust a Patrick Mahomes in crunch time worth, and I would probably trust Lamar Jackson. But you know, it's seeming like another. It's going to be another year where the NFC, the talent, the NFC, and the amount of good teams in the NFC is going to far exceed the amount in the AFC. And you know, really with the AFC South, I mean, I don't the the division really. It's going to be. It looks like another year where the division isn't going to be good. I mean, it seems like most of the you know twenty tens. It's been like that where the AFC mm-hmm. South is kind of a punching bag. And, you know, it, it seems like it might, in my eyes, it might be regressing once again. Yeah, I mean, that 2018 season certainly seemed like the AFC South was making a resurgence with, you know, the teams uh, making it the toughest comp or the toughest division in all of football. But, yeah, that's quickly gone. So, Anyways, guys, that's going to do it for this one. Uh, Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, Dalton, thank you so much uh, for doing this with us. Of course. Yeah, and uh, we will make sure to have Dalton's uh, link to his podcast in the description. Be sure to go check that out. Uh, Always good to get another person's opinion from someone who is not a Colts fan. Uh, It's good to talk some more AFC South football. But that's going to do it. Thank you guys so much for the support. And as always, go Colts.